All right. Well, as Kent said, uh, welcome back to 2018. We took last Sunday off uh, for New Year's Eve, and so it is exciting to be together. It's exciting to launch into a new year, isn't it? I mean, there's something just fresh about starting new. God's a God of new things, and so I think that's why, like all of us, we get a little bit excited around the new year. I mean, really, there's no difference. It's just a bunch of dates, right? But there's something cool about starting something new that we get to go in uh, with a fresh start, with a fresh vision, and uh, I don't know about for yourself, but I am pumped for 2018. I believe God has big things in store for our church. I believe that God wants awesome things for your life, and so we are excited today as we're having this Vision Sunday. It's kind of a tradition of ours as we start off the first Sunday of each year to just kind of stop and center ourselves around who we are as a church and where we're going and how we are hoping to accomplish uh, the, the goals and the dreams that God has given us. And it's something that's important to us. The Bible talks a lot about the importance of vision. In fact, in Proverbs 29, 18, we're told where there is no vision people perish. It's a proverb that, that King Solomon was writing, and, and, and simply his point here is this, that, that without vision, oftentimes we can kind of flounder around, we can get lost, we can forget what is truly important in the mission and the vision that God has called us to. And so that's why we take some time every uh, year to kind of just stop and say, what is the vision that God has given us? Vision is something that every single one of us has for our life. If you think about that, every single person, whether you're a kid or you're an adult, you have some type of vision for your life. If you're a kid, maybe you've heard somebody say like, oh, I want to be a policeman when I grow up, or, or I want to be a firefighter, or I want to be a teacher, I want to be an astronaut, you know? That was like a vision for my life. But the question is, how committed to that vision are you? How clear is the vision and how committed are you to it? Obviously, I wasn't that committed to being an astronaut, right? It didn't work out. I wasn't smart enough and I get motion sickness, okay? And so it would have been pretty hard. I probably could have overcame those things if I was super committed to it, but uh, I, I wasn't. And so God had different plans for me. And so as we think about vision, every single person has a vision for their life. Every single church has a vision. The question is, how clear is it and how committed are you to it? Be because the interesting thing about vision, Bill Hybels, this great pastor and leader, he says this phrase, he says, vision leaks. Vision leaks. And what he means by that is, is like if uh, the vision of our church were like this boat, it would be like there's this hole in the bottom of it, right? And you may have a great vision, you may have a great plan as to where you're going, but the reality is, as great as your vision is, it has this constant leak that if you don't keep it in front of you, if you don't continually revisit it, if you don't continually talk about it, it just kind of leaks out over and over again. And so you can plug the hole by talking about and recasting the vision over and over again. Again, but if you don't have the discipline to do that, then it will eventually leak. And as the writer of Proverbs says, people will perish, not physically, but their vision will perish for their life. And so that's why we're excited about Vision Sunday. Really, uh, Vision Sunday is about two things. It's about explaining who we are at H2O and how we hope to accomplish what we believe God has called us to do. And then secondly, and probably even more importantly, it's about inviting you Every single person who calls H2O their church home to own and to be a part of that vision. Because we truly believe that, that the vision and the mission that God has given us as a church cannot be accomplished by one person. It cannot be accomplished even by a handful of people or by a staff team. It has to be all of us 
joining together and saying, God, where do you want us to go and how do you want us to get there? And let's rally around that. Let's not let that vision leak out, but let's say, God, we want to do this together because we believe that we can do way more together than we can on our own. And so we are excited about Vision Sunday. You know, it, it's interesting because uh, the, the vision and the mission of H2O has been pretty clear for a long time. We're, we're a church that's actually 34 years old. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, the, the church is young in many ways in terms of our age oftentimes, especially on the campus side of things. But uh, this church is planted in 1984. Okay, and so the, the, the vision and the mission has always been very similar. Who we are has always been consistent, but how we phrase that and how clearly we communicate that and what we actually say as we communicate that, that's obviously changed as it should over the course of 34 years. And so over the last couple years, we've been through a lot of different transitions as a church. If you've been with us, if you're new, you probably haven't even really seen that. But if you've been with us for the last five years, some awesome things have happened, some really good transitions. We planted multiple churches. We started this venue that you're sitting in here right now uh, only a little over a year ago. And so there's been a lot of exciting things that have happened as a church. And so over the last three months, our staff and our leadership team came together and said it's probably time for us to sit down and re-clarify uh, the mission and the vision of who we are as a church. As we've had all these great transitions, as God has done all these awesome things, we spent the last three months just kind of praying and processing and seeking through how do we want to communicate the mission of H2O as we go forward in a way that's compelling, in a way that's clear, in a way that keeps us focused on the vision that we believe God has given us. And so today we're going to share some of those things with you and we're going to again invite you to own and help be part of that mission and vision at H2O. And so the, the, the mission in, uh, of H2O that, that we've worked on and that we're excited to, to share with you today is simply this. We want to invite people to find and follow Jesus together. You know, if you ask, what is H2O about? At the heart uh, of this church, this group of people, what are you all about? We are about inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. That's our, our mission statement. And as you think about that, there's kind of four different parts of it that I just want to share with you really quickly. The first part is that we invite people, right? And in our church, one of the things I love so much about our church is we are a welcoming, inviting group of people. I love watching you all interact during the, the say hi that Kent does. I love watching people walk in the door and people rally around them. I love seeing you bring your friends and your family members and your co-workers to be part of the vision and the mission that God has given us here. So we are an inviting church. We want to invite people, and then we don't want to invite people to just come and experience a service or, or just to make some friends. We want to invite people to actually find Jesus. Sharing the gospel is a huge part of the heart of who we are as a church. We do everything we do for a very specific reason because finding Jesus, we believe, is the most important thing that you will ever do in your life. And we don't want it to stop there. We don't want to just find Jesus and then say, okay, well, I'm done. But we want to find him and follow him. We are about making true followers of Jesus transforming people's hearts, transforming people's lives, seeing people pulled out of addiction, seeing relationships mended and formed, seeing people literally give everything they have to follow Jesus. That's what life is all about. So we invite people to find and follow Jesus, and then finally, we do it together. 
That last word, I think, probably epitomizes who we are, maybe more than any other word in that mission statement, because as we think about our church, we are a group of people who truly value community, who truly care for each other, who truly want what is best for every single person who's part of our church family. And so as H2O, our mission, invite people to find and follow Jesus together. That's what we've been doing for the existence of our church. And our hope is with that, that phrase, that mission statement, it just brings clarity that all of us can kind of jump on and, and get behind. But then the question becomes, okay, well, that sounds like a great mission. You know, it's, it sounds like something that I can get behind. But now the question then becomes, well, how do you do it? You know, if our, if our mission statement is kind of the, the who we are or the what we want to do, then, then the question then becomes, how in the world do you do that? Because you can have the greatest vision in the world, you can have the greatest mission in the world, but if you don't have a plan to figure out how you're going to accomplish that, it's simply a dream, right? It's simply a hope. It's simply a wish. You hope that it might happen, but if there's no plan to actually make it happen, the chances of it becoming a reality are much more slim. Maybe those of you who are married you, or, or in a relationship, you've had this, this similar experience like I've had. Uh, my wife and I, we like to go on dates. We've been married almost 15 years. If you're married especially, you still need to date your spouse, right? That's an extremely important part of being married. And, uh, and so uh, there'll be certain times where we're going to go out on a date. And uh, we'll have a vision for that date, you know. And, and the vision will be this. Man, life has been crazy. We have three kids. Uh, we've been busy doing a lot of things. We want to go out on a date, and we want to have fun and connect. Maybe you've said that if you're in a relationship. Hey, we need a date tonight. Let's go out and just have some fun. You ever said that if you're in a relationship? Yeah. And so we, we'll say something like that. Hey, let's, let's go out and have a date, and let's have some fun tonight. So we'll get ready. We'll get a babysitter. We'll, we'll go get in the van. And as we get in the van, we're like, you ready to have some fun? And she'll be like, yeah, I'm ready to have some fun. Well, what are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. Well, what, didn't you come up with a plan? Well, no. Uh, okay, well, all right. Well, let's, that's okay. Let's have fun anyway. So we'll back out. Of the, we'll start driving around. We'll start driving and trying to figure out what to do to have fun. Have you been in this situation? Have you been on a date? And then you're driving around for a while, and you're like, uh, somebody will throw something out. You know, do, do you want to go uh, watch a basketball game? Uh, I'm not really in the mood for that. Or do you want to? And so we'll start throwing out different ideas as we're driving around, and it doesn't sound any fun at all to either of us. And then we start to get in a little bit sassy with each other, like, I thought you should have came up with the plan. Well, maybe, why didn't you come up with the plan? And so this, this thing that we had a great vision for, to go out together and to have fun and connect, is all of a sudden starting to backfire. And now we've spent 45 minutes just driving around town on Worcester and Main Street, wasting a lot of gas. And the next thing we know, we end up at Taco Bell, drinking Diet Pepsi, eating tacos, not having any fun, arguing about why we're not having any fun. Sometimes that's how it can be unless we actually have a plan, a, a strategy to make the, the mission or the vision happen. It can be extremely frustrating at times, can it? And so uh, today here on Vision Sunday, we want to kind of just lay out what our plan is, what our strategy is to try to make that mission of inviting people to find and follow Jesus together a reality, all right? So we've come up with these four different distinctives, these four different strategies that we do that we want to tell you about and so that you know why we do them so that you can be more on board with the mission and the vision of H2O. So here's our strategy for helping people uh, be invited to find and follow Jesus together. The first thing is this, that we gather together and worship. We gather together and worship. 
That's something that is not unique to our church, but I think that it's something that is extremely important. And there's, there's a scriptural reason for why we do every single thing that we do. And, and one of the key verses that we look to is Hebrews chapter 10. And this idea of gathering together in worship. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. See, we gather together and worship because the Bible tells us that it is important for us to gather. And specifically, primarily, we do this on Sundays as we gather and we hear the word of God taught and explained to us. And as we sing worship songs to the, to the Lord, it's powerful. There's something that happens when we gather together. It, it reminds us. It's something that needs to be consistent. It points us back to the gospel every single week as we gather together. And, and as we do it, it, it's like this family forms, and there's, there's power in the reality of gathering together. In the book of Matthew, we're told that where two or three are gathered, that, that Jesus is there. And we know that God is everywhere, but there's something unique that happens as we gather together as a church family. You see, Sunday's uh, here for us at H2O. It, it, they're not meant to be a performance. You know, they're not meant to be a show. They're not meant to be an act. They're meant to be a family celebration of what God has done throughout the week so that we can fix our eyes on him and be pointed back to the gospel over and over and over again. And we can invite people who haven't experienced the gospel, who actually haven't started to follow Christ yet, to come to these experiences, to sit in and to see what it looks like to have their lives transformed and changed as we worship God and point people towards him. As we point ourselves towards Jesus, every week we also get to point other people towards him. And so gathering together in worship is a key part of our strategy that we have here at H2O. I, and I think of story after story of how people, just a simple act, sometimes you almost kind of feel like going to church can be mundane, but something powerful and spiritual happens when we're here. I, I was thinking about a story that happened this summer. There was a, a guy that came to H2O for the first time, and I was teaching. We were going through uh, this series on the Psalms. We were reading through the Psalms, and uh, after the service, he came up to me right away. And uh, I still remember this guy. He, he's, he's a really interesting guy. And as he came up to me, um, he had some colorful language. We're standing right here. He had some colorful language. I won't go into all the colorful language. But he said uh, something along the lines of the PG version was, uh, I'm not even sure that God exists. But if he does, I'm pretty sure he has a plan for my life. And if he does exist, I'm pretty sure I should be here with you guys. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And I said, well, why don't you just kind of maybe push into that a little bit and, and come back, you know, over and over again. So he started coming, and he started getting connected to this church family. And in October, he ended up putting his faith and trust in Christ as a result of us gathering together and worship. Something happens, and that's a key part of how we want to accomplish the mission of inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. The second thing is this. We want people to belong in community. One of the, the key pieces of our strategy is that people wouldn't just come here. It's great to gather and worship. But beyond that, we want you to actually belong to this family. Because church isn't just a, a meeting. Church is a family. And so we want you to belong in community. In Acts 
chapter 2, Tessa talked about it a little bit in her story. Acts chapter 2 is a key chapter that much of what we do in our church is based on. Acts 2, starting in verse 42. Uh, this is the early church. And, and, and we're being told what it looked like to not just go to church, but to be the church. In Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at, many, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone in need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, belonging in community is something that our world craves so much, isn't it? It's something that so many people want deep down. The more I talk to people, the more I realize that whether they know it or not, every single one of us, we want to belong. It's written on our hearts. We are a people who are relational people, every single one of us. Whether you may verbalize that or not, it's true. And again, we've talked about this, but that's why we, we spend so many hours on social media. That's why we have so many conversations, because we want to connect. We want to be known. We want to belong. But the beauty of the church is that we get to belong and are united around something so much bigger than ourselves. We're united around the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're united around something that is so important that it transcends time, that it transcends race, that it transcends gender, and it unites us around the reality of the most important thing, the cross of Jesus Christ. And so inviting people to belong in community is a key strategy for what we do at H2O. You know, we primarily do this in our groups. If you've come to H2O for any amount of time, you've probably heard us talk about our groups. We talk about them every week because it's, it's really a, an opportunity for people to gather together to study the, the Word of God, to talk about the Bible, to share a meal together. And it's a starting point for belonging within the family in the church of God. But it doesn't just happen in groups. I mean, it happens all throughout our church, all throughout the weeks. Uh, I, I love the, to, to hear the stories and see the pictures of people actually investing in each other's lives. Of going from a surface-level relationship to a real relationship where you're known and you know that other person and you can continually point people towards Jesus. We dream of being a church where every single person is welcomed, where every single person feels like they belong and have a place to fit within our church. So we gather and worship. We belong in community. Third, we equip and we serve. We equip and we serve. First Peter chapter 4 in verses 10 and 11, it says this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Just think about that for a minute. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. That's how I can stand up here and preach. It's not on my own strength or my own ideas, but it's on the very word of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides. 
so that in all things Christ may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Each one should use whatever gift you've been given to serve others. Isn't that so opposite of what our world tells us? Isn't that so countercultural if you actually think about it? Doesn't our world tell us so oftentimes the gifts that you have, your talents, your abilities, they're yours. And so use them to make yourself look better. Use them to make money. Use them to prop yourself up. But the Bible actually says flip that on its head. Any gift that you have, it's not actually yours. It, it was given to you by the God of the universe as a gift, what it truly is. And your responsibility is to figure out how can you use that to the best of your ability to actually serve and point others towards Christ. And as a church, we want to rally around that reality. As a church, we want to build in and support and equip you to be able to use the gifts that God has given you, whatever they may be, to actually serve others and bring God glory. Uh, we do this in a number of different ways. We think about the well. Again, we talk about the well all the time because the well is a starting point to serving and leading within the church. And in that, we give you an opportunity to do the spiritual gifts assessment. We give you an opportunity to figure out where you can serve best and how God's gifted you and what makes the most sense for you. And, and it's something that we really believe in because our, our goal is to equip you. And we would love for every single person in our church to be able to serve at their highest level of capacity and character. And what that simply means is that, that God has given us all different opportunities. We're all in different seasons. And so some of us, we may be able to be up here and lead worship. Not me, you know. <laughs> some of us, I don't have the capacity to do that. I don't have the gifts to do that. But if you do, then we want to empower you and equip you and help you to use that to serve God. Others of us, we may be able to serve behind the scenes. We need people to serve within production. We need people to serve within the, the greeting team. We need the people to, to teach our kids. We need people to, to lead groups. Whatever gift God may have given you, we want to come alongside you and equip you. Not to, to waste those gifts, but to use them to build up the body of Christ so that you can serve. We want to equip you to serve and to make an impact for Christ. So gather and worship. We, we belong in community, we equip and we serve, and then fourth and finally is this, we want to leverage our lives. We want to leverage our lives for the gospel. We want to be a church that is continually teaching the reality that life, as beautiful as it is, it's short and it's sweet. And so every breath that we have, can we point it towards Jesus? Can we use it in a way that would draw people towards him? Uh, a key text for us is Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, says this. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he looks at them and he says this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And so what Jesus is saying in a key text for us that we continually remind ourselves of so that it doesn't leak out and we don't forget it, but that we need set before us every single day is that the harvest is truly plentiful. That is a promise that Jesus has given us. Sometimes you look at the world and you think, does anybody even really want to hear about God? I mean, does anybody really want to hear about the gospel? Does anybody really want to hear about how I've been transformed? Jesus promises us there are people that do. 
He says the harvest is plentiful. You don't have to go out and produce something. It's already waiting for you. So as you go to work, as you go to class, as you sit at your dinner table with your family members, the harvest is plentiful. God is working on people's hearts. But we need to be willing and ready to open our mouths. We need to be willing and ready to be uh, uh, workers for Jesus. We need to leverage our lives, leverage the opportunities that God has given us to point people towards Jesus. See, this happens uh, on an individual level. You know, as we, as we try to equip our church, we, our hope and our prayer is that every single person would think about how they can leverage the opportunities that God has given them in work, in class. How can you actually use the place that God has put you, that you're not there by accident, to point people towards Jesus? That's a key part of leveraging your life on an, indi- on an individual level. But then we also want to do it on a church level. And, and so for us, that means that we have committed to be a church that is a sending church. You've heard us talk about this a lot. We talk about church planning. We talk about multiplying. We talk about raising up leaders. We do this because the measure of success for us at H2O is not our seating capacity. It's really not. The, the measure of success for us here at H2O is not how many people we can cram into this building or how many people we can cram into the ballroom. The measure of success for us at H2O is our sending capacity. Is how many people we can send out to take the gospel to new places, to take the gospel to places that may not have the presence that we have here. So success for us isn't our seating capacity, but it's our sending capacity so that we can be a church that multiplies over and over again. That's why we do what we do. That's why we give uh, young pastors and trainings opportunities to teach and to share with you because we're hoping to equip them to someday be sent out to start a new work that God wants to do. Many of you have heard us talk about the, the H2O network, but some of us haven't because uh, the reality is it's something that we can often forget about. We can get so focused on what's going on here that we forget one of our main missions is to be ascending church. But in 2008, this church, again, for over 30 years has always been ascending church. It's pretty cool, actually. We were just at this conference down in uh, Florida with a family of our churches. There's about 25 different collegiate churches around the country. And it was so crazy uh, to think about all these different men and women who have been sent out to other places who actually came from this little town of Bowling Green. You know, there are people in Missouri. There are people over in Poland. There are people that just moved to Sweden that, that, that actually came to faith in this church in Bowling Green that are missionaries that are taking the gospel places. It's, it's crazy to think about what God has done through that reality. But in 2008, even though we'd always been a sending church, we hadn't had the strategy to have a network of churches that we would stay connected with. Uh, before that, we would send people out. We actually planted a church in Amsterdam uh, just a, a few years right before 2008. So we'd send people out, we'd pray for them, we'd tell them good luck, maybe we'd give them a phone call every once in a while, but we wouldn't stay connected, you know. And uh, in 2008, we had this idea that what if we stayed a little bit closer connected? Or if we started this network, uh, this family of churches that, that, that actually had a little bit more momentum and cohesiveness. And so the, the vision and the dream of the H2O network was born uh, in Paul and Wendy Stanninger's living room. And uh, as, as we were there, we were about ready to send out another church plant to Kent State. And, uh, and, and that first opportunity, I remember thinking, 
man, God, what in the world are you going to do with this? You know, because the dream was that we would plant a church in uh, every major campus within Ohio. That was the, the initial dream. And so that seemed like so overwhelming. We at that time were a church of under 200 people, like 90% college students. We had no money. We had no talent because, you know, there was the same staff team. Um, we had no, we, it just seemed like it was this impossible dream. How in the world are you going to do this, God? So we, we sent out uh, the Kent State Church plant, and they started doing awesome things, and, and the vision started to catch on. And so fast forward from 2008 until now, and uh, you can put up the, the, the map here. We, we've went from a church of 200 or less college students to now we have 10 different H2Os around Ohio uh, into Pittsburgh. Here's a really cool thing that we just announced last week as we were down in Florida for our staff conference. Uh, in 2018, we have two new H2Os slotted to be planted. One of them will be on Western Michigan's campus. Uh, and then another one we're going to announce here within the next month or two where that's going to be. So we'll be up to over 10 different H2Os expanding beyond Ohio. And it's just crazy to think about the reality that, that, that God is using us. But what it's taken is people leveraging their lives for the gospel. It hasn't always been easy. Sending people out is hard. My wife and I have cried multiple tears. And I don't cry a lot, but we've cried multiple tears as we've sent some of our best friends out to plant and to start new work. We say the gospel is worth it because we're leveraging our lives to take the gospel to places that need, desperately need to hear it. And this is happening on college campuses, connecting with students who otherwise wouldn't happen. It's happening. Many of our churches now are starting city venues at, at Ohio State, at Pittsburgh. And, and there's, there's people in the city that are jumping on with that mission and saying, yeah, that's something I want to be a part of. I may never go anywhere. I may never leave this place, but I want to rally around the mission and support the idea of leveraging our lives. You can put up the next slide. This is just a quick a kind of bar graph of, of 2008 until now. So a church of under 200 people to now as a network, there's almost 2,000 people that are gathered with us every Sunday, and we anticipate that that's going to continue to grow and probably even rapidly as we start new churches and start to have momentum. You know, it's powerful to be a part of, and it simply starts with inviting people to find and follow Jesus together. As we do that, we want to ask you, to be partnered with us. It's not lip service to say that we can't do it on our own. It's not lip service to say that, that we're better together. It's the reality. It's the truth. And so all of us sacrificing, leveraging what God has given us to say, God, we want to make an eternal impact. We want to invest in the things that actually matter. God, would you help us to leverage our life as we invite people to find and follow Jesus together? That's the mission here at H2O. And we hope and we pray that you'll continue to invest everything that you have to fulfill the great commission that God's given us. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and we're going to worship.